0: You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Amen. They tried to keep her over there, but we said, nope, she's coming back. Amen. hi guys um okay so hold on i'm just getting my stuff situated um but yeah it was funny because um pastor was like why don't you preach in two weeks and i was like okay <laughs> only because um the lord had already put something in my the lord put something in my heart in october and um and he always deals with us first before he deals with anybody else, right? <laughs> um, and so he was speaking to me in October as I was going through some things, and he was um, sh- trying to trying to make me more like him and less like Des. <laughs> and um, that's always rough, right? When when it's like, oh God, like we say, deal with this, deal with that. And God's like, nope, I want to deal with you first. Um, and so he began doing that. And and then afterwards, um, I mean, yeah, we came back from conference and it was amazing. And, and it just felt whole, like confirmation from the Lord of things that he was already telling me and showing me. And I just want to I want to read something to you that I had wrote. Um, maybe like I was praying, it was I was praying and it was about in, in February. And I was I was just like, God. I don't know, just speak to me, Lord. And so I'm just going to read this to you. So I, I wrote this, it says, sometimes we're looking at all the shops open in our mind, looking to gain something from them, or to be distracted. You, I was thinking, when I was writing this, I was thinking about, I don't know if you have that picture of the little garage thing. So you know, like, if you ever went to the alley, or you went, like, okay, yes, perfect, because you would have got confused if I would have tried to explain. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, they open, right, and there's all kinds of things. Okay, so that's keep this in mind. Um, So sometimes we're looking at all the shops in our mind, looking to gain something from them or to be distracted. It's like we love turning to these things instead of spending time with Jesus because it's masking what we don't know how to do. We know how to stimulate our minds. We know how to stay busy. But there comes a point where we have to shut down these storefronts of our mind and be in the dark, pitch black with nothing on, darkness. And when everything is shut down, the darkness will pass and the true light will begin shining. First, John 2, 8 says that. So picture a young girl. I pictured a young girl, and I wrote that, surrounded by storefronts of of candy and teddy bears and um, cookies or food, whatever things that are appealing to them. Um, And they begin... But as she's turning towards them, it's like those little doors begin closing. And so she's not able to get through any of them and all it reads is close. And so it, it reads on each store, storefront "closed." She finds herself questioning what to do, where to go. She sits on a chair, you know, like those spinny chairs, those office chairs, and she's spinning. And um, she doesn't know where to go to find nothing. It's empty, quiet, dark, and silent. And she remembers the name her mom would call out to, but it's unclear. She's scared; her heart's racing, sweat dripping from her brow, and anxiety, the cracking of her fingernails as she bites them. And suddenly, she she cries a shriek of a shout: "Jesus, Jesus! I'm afraid. Where do I go? What do I do?" Sobbingly, with tears down her cheeks, she mumbles, "Jesus." A light begins to shine; it's bright and it lights up the room. She walks toward it and what she finds is a lamp. And a small Bible open that says, the darkness is passing and the, and, and the light, the true light is already shining. And then she sees another scripture as she's turning the pages, Psalms 18:28, And she begins to read it out loud and it says, Lord, you light my lamp. My God illuminates my darkness. With you, I can attack a barrier. And with my God, I can leap over a wall. 34, he trains my hands for war. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. 37, I pursue my enemies and I overtake them. I don't turn back until they're wiped out. I crush them. They can't get up. They fall beneath my feet. You have clothed me with strength for battle. That young girl and that young person can be us. We're stimulated by desires, things that entice us. Our situations, our circumstances, and the Lord is shutting those storefronts down. He's closed, He's closed shop on distractions. Everything that you've been set on, the Lord is shutting it down so you can be alone. Your thoughts can be shut down. He's shutting them down and He wants to illuminate and He wants to stimulate your mind with His light. Will you turn to Him? Do you remember who to call out to? Or will you try to open those storefronts that are marked closed? The Lord closed them. He's setting you up to be set apart and not even your thoughts can reside there. His word is what you will need to illuminate the darkness. So I feel like we can be like that sometimes. So many things going on in our mind and the Lord is shutting things down because he has a purpose for it. And so I just want to pray, um, Father God, thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to, to to speak, Lord, and 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 I thank you for our our, our pastors, Lord, and I, I just thank you for all that you're going to do, and I just I pray, Lord, that your word would come forth, Father, and as nervous or anything that I am, Lord, I know your strength has made perfect in our weakness. So thank you, Lord, um, in Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, so okay, sorry, I'm saying okay a lot. <laughs> Um, If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel, um, chapter 1, because we're going to be looking at the story of Hannah. And I shared some of this before with a few of the ladies, um, but I feel like this story is, this story spoke to my heart so much. And if, and if God, if you can just close everything in your mind right now that's, just trying to not make you focus on the word, God is going to do something in your life. You're not going to leave the same. And, and and so it's, how many of you guys know the story of Hannah? Story of Hannah, okay, we, you know, we know that that she was barren. We know that she, um, there were some things going on in her life. So we're just, we're going to read, we're going to kind of read a little bit because um, that's why we're here for, for church. We read the word, right? That's how we grow so um, chapter 1, verse 1, there was a man, and forgive me if I don't say all these um, words right. There was a man from Ramathan, Sophim in the hill country of Ephraim. His name was Alkanah, son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tahu, son of Zuth, and Ephraimite. He had two wives, the first named Hannah and the second, Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah was child, childless. This man would go up from his town every year to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were, were the Lord's priests. Whenever Al- Alkanah offered a sacrifice, he always gave portions of the meat to his wife, Panina and to each of her sons and daughters. But he gave a double portion to Hannah, where he loved her, even though the Lord had kept her from conceiving. Her rival would taunt her severely just to provoke her, because the Lord had kept Hannah from conceiving, Whenever she went up to the Lord's house, her rival taunted her in this way every year. Hannah wept and would not eat. Hannah, why are you crying? Her husband, Alkanah asked. Why won't you eat? Why are you troubled? Am I not better, f- Am I not better to you than 10 sons? Hannah got up after they ate and drank at Shiloh. Eli, the priest, was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's tabernacle. Verse 10, deeply hurt. Hannah prayed to the Lord and wept with many tears, making a vow. She pleaded, Lord of hosts, if you will take notice of your servant's affliction, remember and not forget me and give your servant a son. I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and his hair will never be cut. While she was praying to the Lord in the Lord's presence, Eli watched her lips. Hannah was speaking to herself and although her lips were moving, her voice could not be heard. Eli thought she was drunk and scolded her. How long are you going to be drunk? Get rid of your wine. No, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman with a broken heart. I haven't had any wine or beer. I've been pouring out my heart before the Lord. Don't think of me as a wicked woman. I've been praying from the depth of my anguish and resentment. Eli responded, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant the petition you've requested from him. May your servant find favor with you, she replied. Then Hannah went on her way. She ate and no longer appeared downcast. And so I want to give you a little bit of a a background behind this because, so her husband, Alcana had two wives, okay? And uh, this was because Hannah was, she was childless. She didn't have any kids. She was barren. And so what ended up happening was, well, Alcana started to take things in his own hands. And so because he knew that, he was he was actually also a part of the line of of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob so he was a levite okay and and, and so there was this promise that there was going to be generational blessings and so when he married when him and Hannah got married well Hannah was barren she didn't have no kids she she couldn't i mean she she was barren so what ends up happening is she he he gets Penina right and so he has a second wife and and by no means God doesn't encourage to have two wives today, just FYI. <laughs> um only one wife, right? It's ideal for that. And 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 so um um but what ends up happening is he he gets Panina and, and Panina has kids, and 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 so now we're in this place where every year Panina's constantly provoking her and taunting her and, and and kind of ridiculing her and like oh basically i could only imagine like haha you can't have kids and i can and look what i gave your husband and you couldn't give my you couldn't give your own husband this all these things and has that ever happened to you where where where, where someone has taunted you i know that's happened to me <laughs> and and there can be times where someone can provoke you come on to act in your flesh even if you're saved, you could be the most saved person in the world, and and someone does something to you, you're like girl, hold my hair. No, no, and it's like Jesus, take the wheel because I I, I can't walk how I used to walk, as much as you want to walk like that, right? And, and so I could only imagine. Wow, she. We're gonna dissect the text a little bit, but she didn't do that, okay? And and, and so, she just she what she really knew how to do though was position and posture her heart to the Lord. And if you really read in the text, she didn't complain. She didn't say anything to even her husband. She knew how to redirect her life. She knew how to redirect her walk. Not only just, okay, I'm not... She she knew how to physically, though. Not just, I'm not going to think about that. Okay, God, that's not what I should do. No, she knew how to physically walk to the Lord and get in His presence and, and, and be there. And, and so... There's there's something that that happens when we begin to do that. When we begin to not let our flesh overtake what what. Just we don't give the devil an opportunity, okay. And I I don't want to go too fast because when I get nervous, I start like, man, talking a hundred words an hour. Or and that's not fast, but whatever. Um, I don't know. See, uh, <laughs> almost see what I'm talking about. Um, and so. Okay, so before that though, there's some stuff that was going on. So in, if you read, we just read chapter 1 verse 1, but a little bit before that, in Judges 21 25, it says, in those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So there was a lot of things going on within the story of Hannah. The Eli, they mentioned Eli and the priest, and, and and there was a bunch of, just all this other thing, everything else that was going on. Okay, and and in a world that was like they, like I said, the house of Eli they were they weren't really worshiping God, how they were supposed to be worshiping god um they they kind of got half-hearted and were doing things however they wanted to do um and what Hannah began to do though, like I said, she knew how to redirect and she knew she knew how to do what was right in God's eyes in her own situation and and she didn't let panina provoke that that what she was doing she didn't let that get the best of her and, and be like, I'm going to give into this. Um, and so Hannah, what you can see is she really modeled not only just a woman, but a person, um, that didn't avenge herself. Do you know what avenge means? It means when, when, when you feel that, you know what, what they did to me, I'm going to get them back. I didn't like what they did to me, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this to them. But she didn't avenge herself. She didn't try to save herself. But she soaked in the presence of the Lord, and she took every thought to the Lord. And, and she was really a virtuous woman, a, a woman that she was humbled. She was self-controlled. She had a tame tongue. Some of us sometimes, right, we all, we need to tame our tongue. And, and she knew to not be slanderous. She was a testimony, though, around not only Panina, but her husband. Because I, I could imagine she probably could have been like, well, why did you marry her after all, and like all this other thing, all these other things. But she fulfilled her her role as a wife. She didn't provoke her husband, but instead she was being a light. Um, she also modeled conflict in relationships. She 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 knew, like I said, how to read, redirect herself to the Lord. And so, let's look at the text a little bit more, and. It says it says right here in um hold on. So it says in verse three, Alkanah, which this man would go up from his town every year to worship and to sacrifice um to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh. Okay, and we jump down a little bit um to verse to verse seven. Whenever she went to the Lord's house, so she's talking about, they're talking about Hannah. Whenever she went to the Lord's house in verse 7, her rival taunted her in this way every year. So when you think of Hannah, Hannah is a, Hannah, like I said, provoked her. She was basically that that person that, that wanted to bring out her flesh, like I was saying. And, but then it says, it says, Hannah wept and she would not eat. So it was so bad to the point that she, all she could do was cry. She couldn't even eat. So it wasn't only mess, messing with her emotional self-being, it was messing with her physical because it was the things that were going on was so bad that she didn't even, she she didn't even say anything to, to them, um, to her husband or to Panina. And then Alcana, her husband asks, um, Hannah, why are you crying? her husband her husband Alkana asks, Why won't you eat? Why are you troubled? Am I not better to you than ten? sons. And, and so she, he's bringing these things before her. And like I said, it was unneeded conflict, right? He, you think of Abraham, you think of Isaac. Um, I mean, their wives, Abraham's wife, Sarah had a, a child at a very old age. And remember when she had Isaac, she laughed like, God, you're going to do that. And, and so this kind of in the same thing, in the same sense happened because I would think that if, if Alkma really trusted the Lord that he was going to make generational blessings continue to go, then he should have trusted that Hanno was going to have a, have a child, right? Not maybe right then and there, but eventually. But instead he took matters into his own hands and he got Panina, right? And so Panina, it was all that unnecessary conflict. But it served a purpose, okay? It served a purpose for Hannah, and it was to teach her and to remind her, to redirect her, to stay into the Lord's presence and to trust God when when every part of her, like I said, wanted to defend herself. She didn't take matters into her own hands. She didn't repay evil with evil. Um, Romans chapter 12, let's read that. Romans 12, um, 9 through through 21. It says, love must be without hypocrisy hypocrisy detest evil cling to what is good show family affection to one another with brotherly love outdo one another in showing honor do not lack diligence be fervent in spirit serve the lord rejoice in hope be patient in affliction be persistent in prayer share with the saints in their needs pursue hospitality bless those who persecute you bless and do not curse Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be in agreement with another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Try to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. And if it's possible on your part, live at peace with everyone. And then it jumps down to 21 and it just says, Don't overcome evil with evil, but instead overcome evil with good. And when I think of that scripture, The Lord is saying, it's always better when he defends us. It's always better when we don't say nothing, when we get out of the situation and we say, God, I don't know what's going on right now, but I know that you're in control. I know that you, your word says, don't overcome evil with evil, overcome evil with good. So Lord, help me to be humbled. Help me to keep peace with one another. And when you look at the story of Hannah, she did that. She kept peace in her household. It, I mean, these scriptures—it's it, it, saying right here. It says, "You you go down to verse 9, Hannah got up after they ate and drank at Shiloh. Now Shiloh was the present where, is where the presence of the Lord was. That's what Shiloh is. And, and there's, she knew. Okay, I'm feeling some type of way. I'm sad. I'm angry. But she went into the presence of Shiloh. She she went there. And, and, and it says, Eli, the priest, was sitting on a chair by the, tw- the doorpost of the Lord's tab- ta- uh, tabernacle, deeply hurt. Hannah prayed to the Lord, and she wept with many tears. And, and so you have to really watch this, because in 1 Samuel 1.9, if you could put one nine up there, it says, Hannah got up. Now, you might think, I've read this story many, many times and when I read it that this time, those words never stood out to me like they did then as they, as they did right then and there because it said Hannah got up after they ate. So that means that she was dwelling, she was at the table with everybody. She was at the table with her accuser. She was at the table with her husband after they ate. So that means that there is still some interactions going on and all it said though she got up and 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 she went to the presence of the Lord, and, and so I I you think of this and it's like wow God, I think of the time when 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 God was showing me this in my life He 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 began to show me you don't need to say anything, you don't need to defend yourself, you don't need to to, to try and well this, this this no and you know what Hannah didn't also do she didn't complain to her husband, she didn't say oh. Oh, uh, Alkana, you know what happened? And, and I can't believe this. I can't. Da-da-da-da. She didn't do any of those things. She knew how to keep peace in her home. Do you know how to keep peace in your home? When stuff starts com- going on in, in, in your household, in your church, in your workplace, or, or I mean, especially in the house of the Lord, do you know how to take it to the Lord and not dish it to everybody? To not gossip, to not slander, to not put down one another, but to encourage one another. Because she did exactly that. And I, man, we've only been married for not two years yet. One and a half years. And, and God, is, God began dealing with me with those things as a wife. That I don't need to share everything with my husband. I need to take it to the Lord. I don't need to complain. I don't need to bicker. I don't need, Hannah didn't let her barrenness turn to bitterness. She didn't. She knew what to do. She knew how to literally redirect herself to the right direction. And it was being in the Lord's presence. And and when you can really get a hold of that, you can know you fully trusting God. I don't understand this situation. I don't know what's going on, but you know what the unnecessary conflict and the things that you face in your life, it's necessary because it's bringing you back to the Lord. And that's where the Lord wants us. He wants us right there with Him so that, that we can pour out everything that we're feeling, everything that you're hurting, the things that you're going through, the circumstances that you're going through. He is a compassionate God. And, and it says that, it says, Hannah prayed to the Lord and she wept with many tears, making a, a vow, Lord, uh, making a vow, she pleaded, Lord of hosts, if you will take notice of your servant's affliction, remember and not forget me and give your servant a son i will give him to the lord all the days of his life and little do we know well as you read the story you'll know hannah gave birth to samuel and samuel was there each time he anointed a king for israel samuel was there also when he, well to anoint king david which was going to play obviously, the, the most important role for, for, for our salvation. He, Jesus was from the line of, of, of David, and, and Samuel was there. And, and so it's because this mother, this, she wasn't a mother yet, but she knew how to take everything that she was feeling, and she knew how to redirect her life. And, and you read a little bit down um, in verse 12, it says, even Eli says, while she was praying to the, in the Lord's presence, Eli watched her lips. Hannah was speaking to herself, and although her lips were moving, her voice could not be heard. Eli thought she was drunk. And if you go down a little bit further, 15, it says, No, my Lord, Hannah replied, I am a woman with a broken heart. I haven't had any wine or beer. I've been pouring out my heart before the Lord. When's the last time you poured your heart out before the Lord? When's the last time that, man, God, I I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But I know that when I'm in your presence, things begin to change in the supernatural. I know that when I can sit there, when I can just meditate on on, on who you are, you, you begin to pour something back into me. And I drew some little stick figures. They're really funny, okay? But I asked Brandon if he could please scan them because they're in my notebook. And there is one of a... Uh, okay, they're so funny. Uh, sorry. <laughs> but like, okay, so... I want you to think of it like this. Okay, so and my writing's horrible. I'm so sorry. Um so that's Hannah and she's crying, okay? And there's like so I put she's crying and this is her cup. And there's fear and there's hurt and there's anxiety and there's anguish and there's pain. So this is her cup and and she's she's crying and she's that's her the little stick figure and she's walking towards Toward I put the little door because she was by the tabernacle, right in Shiloh, right there in the presence of the Lord, and and she's walking and she's just kind of like, uh. <laughs> and but, and stuff starts kind of dripping out. And but you know what? It's okay because she's she's in the right direction. She's going to the Lord. And 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 then it says in the verse where it says, "I'm a woman with a broken heart, praying, um, for man. I can't read my writing, but I, I I'm a woman with a broken heart." And and Full of anguish, full of resentment, and so she's pouring this stuff before the Lord, and and she just says, "Take note of, of of your servant." So that's what she was doing. She knew how to to literally go over there and 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 redirect her heart, and and then as she's doing that, I think there was another one that I I don't know if you got the other one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> um, it says, "Deeply hurt, Hannah prayed to the Lord." and wept with many tears. You know, there was a study that says about tears that when you begin to cry, toxins begin to release and come out of your body. And so they said that when you when you're not crying and when you start to keep everything inside of you, there's toxins that begin to start coming into your in your body and and, and I could I mean it's pretty much like toxic stress. So when you think of little kids, I mean I grew up in a, in a place where it a don't show your feelings to no one. Put your feelings behind your head and you keep going. You don't tell nobody it's weak. And, and so I had a lot of baggage in my, in my mind, in my heart, and, and I wouldn't want I didn't, to, I didn't like crying because I just felt like you can't cry, you can't cry, don't do it, like that's lame. And, and you know, um, little did I know that it was toxic stress. There were things inside of my heart that I was jacked up and Jesus had to change me. Jesus had to mend me. And it was only when I was there in his presence that he began to mend me. It was only there when I was when I was alone with him, he began to release those toxins, those things that started coming out that I didn't even know I had. And when you think of Hannah, she's it says she was deeply hurt. She was deeply hurt and 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 she prayed to the Lord and 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 I put another scripture up there and it's Psalms, it's in Psalms um, 23. And it, this one has come pretty familiar now where it says the, you prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. And literally though, God was preparing a table for Hannah in the presence of her enemy <laughs> in front of Panina. And, 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 but when you look at that, other, that picture, he began to restore Hannah. And and he began to put peace and restoration and comfort and God confidence, knowing that it wasn't because you're barren, Hannah, that, that your husband doesn't love you. I have loved you with an everlasting love. God is telling you tonight, God has loved you with an everlasting love. He's formed and fashioned you. He's created you from your mother's womb. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Amen. You're not here by accident. And and when you are able to go in the presence of the Lord, he begins to restore. He begins to mend things that were broken. He begins to do something that you couldn't do. Because I knew I couldn't heal myself. And even being married, I knew that Brandon couldn't heal me. The Lord had to heal me. So even if you're single in this place and you're like, man, I need a husband because everything will be better. No, that is not true. Because you need to work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. That's what the word says. It says, you may need to grow a reverence for the, the Lord, but he wants to mend you. He wants to heal those broken things inside of you if you'll let him. And, and so you go a little bit more down and, and verse 17, Eli responded, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant the petition you've requested from him. May your servant find favor with you, she replied. Then Hannah went on her way. she ate, and no longer appeared downcast. And then another translation in, me- in the message, it says, think well of me and pray for me, she said, and went her way. Then she ate heartedly and her face was radiant. So when you begin to spend time in the Lord, intentionally, and you're not just saying, okay, God, I'm going to pray uh, Jesus right when you wake up. I mean, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. I do that more than often too when in the morning when I'm like trying to pray. But intentionally getting into the Lord's presence it says she ate and then her face was radiant. She left the presence of the Lord and she was no longer downcast. She was no longer sad. She was no longer in tears. And and I think I was, I forgot to tell you guys that this message was called Until These Tears Are Gone. Uh, but it's the reason why, until these tears are gone, she stood in the presence of the Lord until these tears, her tears were gone. And she was no longer downcast. She was no longer sad and and. and, and and just like, I can't do this. Yeah, she knew she couldn't do it because she knew that in her weakness, God's strength was made perfect. And so I don't know if that's you tonight. I don't know if that's if if you can relate to something like that, where you've just felt like, man, people keep doing me wrong, or or this situation is doing. What's going on? Am I my worth or, or or anything like that? But you know what? Those things those conflicts though are so necessary for you to grow they're so necessary for you to grow for you to develop so that way as you continue to get crushed god begins to develop you and then guess what new battles are going to start arising but because you already know you already know lord you're my shield you're my refuge you've given me every weapon to fight that scripture in psalms 18 you train my hands for war you clothe me with strength for battle lord i don't have to fear I have nothing to worry about because I know that you've given me every weapon that I need to fight. And and I just want to 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 leave you guys with that um see so yeah, all these notes I didn't even use cuz Jesus was like, "Nope, you don't need any of that stuff." Um but I I just really want you guys to know that that Hannah she modeled a character of a virtuous woman, but not only that, but a, 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 a godly person. She modeled the power of prayer. She knew that if she positioned herself to the Lord, she knew that through everything, God, I'm coming to you, and I know that when I come to you, you make all things work together for the good of your people. She fulfilled her role as a wife, and she modeled conflict in relationships. Those are... Those are so, Really important things that we need when it comes to when you walk with Jesus, when, when you're struggling, man, when things are just, are, are just a hot mess, <laughs> we need to learn to do just like she did. she She didn't say one word to anybody. She just took it to the Lord and and, and so I really pray that that you're able to learn we're able to learn as a church as, as a people to do that. To, and when you do that the lord has compassion on you the the lord looks at us and 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 he begins to 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 have compassion when you think of jesus and, and and he was feeding the crowds again in in mark chapter 8 um i didn't give them this scripture but it just it just talks about that it says jesus seen that they were they were they were hungry and he tells his disciples like man i can't let them go go without food again They've been following me for, you know, for a while. And, and the, the disciples are kind of like, well, I don't know, like, what do you want us to do, basically, you know? And, and it's in Mark 8, 1 through 10, and it says, In those days there was again a large crowd and they had nothing to eat. He summoned the disciples and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they've already stayed with me three days and, I have, and have nothing to eat. If I send them hungry, they will collapse on the way and some of them have come a long distance. And so that, it says that he he had compassion on them. And so when, I just want you to know that the Lord sees you. The Lord sees when you're in your hurt, when you're in your anguish, when you're in your pain. When And, and he's seen Hannah in the Old Testament. He's seen these people that were hungry in the New Testament. He's seen me when I was down and now when I was like, God, what do I do? Where do I turn to? And, and he met me he seen me and when i began to stay there he filled my cup and it overflowed and and i was no longer empty and he could do that to you he can fill your cup and it, he'll never leave you empty he will ne- literally never he he'll all, whenever you be are intentional of coming to the lord he'll always fill you up and and he'll give and even through the trial he'll give you sustaining grace cuz it'll keep going as you keep finding your strength in in the Lord, He never sends us empty. And and so maybe, you know, you when we bring our needs before Him, maybe it's for somebody else or, or, or you're, you're interceding for someone. Man, my husband's never gonna say get saved. Man, my family members, man, my, my my mom's never gonna change, or this is never gonna change. When you bring it to the Lord, God is gonna give you sustaining grace in your life so that you can keep going a war for those things, that you can keep. Fighting the good fight of faith, and and so that's that's kind of I think the, the whole story that I, I mean of Hannah, and I, I really hope that that you guys understand that there's a, there's there's such an importance of posturing your heart before the Lord, and um yeah <laughs> it's so funny because when we're in Bible study I always like when I say and yeah does anybody have any questions and I wanted to say that right now but. <laughs> um, but, you know, really read. You guys need to, like, when you go home, read this story. And look at those little key words in there. Because there's, there's, they're, they're really key when it says God up and where she went and how she prayed and, and, where, and, and how she felt. But even when she left, she didn't leave the same. She was no longer downcast. And, and I just, I, I pray that you begin to, we begin to posture our heart towards the Lord. What, what do you What's your struggle? You know your struggle. My pastor Rudy, he would always tell us, "You know what? You know what I can ask." The main question I always ask someone, one of my disciples, he said, "What's your biggest struggle?" And and he goes, and you'll see they get stumped, man, because they're like, "Oh, can I share this?" Or I don't know, you know. And and so, but I ask you, what's your biggest struggle? God knows, God knows your biggest struggle. He knows where you're at, but He just wants you to bring it to the Lord. He w- I want you to bring it to him and and just like that little picture he want he'll, he's gonna pour out restoration and peace in your life if you let him um, and that's it so I mean I could you could turn the lights off I mean um, so and no worship team can come up <laughs> um I mean can we all we can all you know stand to our feet and um amen <laughs> I didn't